Hey folks, welcome to the House of Krauss. I'm Richard Krauss. The theme of today's show is charming accents. We bring you two chats I've had recently with Academy Award nominees from this year. So a little bit later on in the show, we're going to talk to George Miller. George Miller is, of course, the director of Mad Max Fury Road, a movie that really puts the pedal to the metal, and it put the pedal to the metal all the way to earning 10 nominations at this year's Oscars. I have to say, as much as I love this movie, I wasn't sure the Academy would embrace it in the way that they have, but 10 nominations, including Best Picture and Best Director, that's pretty good for a dystopian movie that uh, you know is a, a reboot of a series that's 30 years old. Nobody saw this coming. I'm thrilled for George Miller. I love talking to him. First up, though, I'm going to bring you uh, just a little snippet of a, a much longer conversation that happened with Saoirse Ronan at a roundtable interview during the Toronto International Film Festival for the movie Brooklyn. If there is one question I have been asked over and over and over during this whole Oscar season, it's, how do you pronounce that Saoirse Ronan girl's name? Only people would say, Siosha. See, they would mispronounce it in the most inventive and frankly insane kind of ways. So at the very beginning of this round table, somebody asked her, really, how do you say your name? Simple question to start with. This is what she had to say. <laughs> how do I pronounce it? Yes. <laughs> um, how do you think I pronounce it? I was thinking Sersha. Close, yeah. Okay. Um, I yeah, I kind of pronounce it somewhere between Sersha and Sersha, so Sersha. Sirsha. 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 Does that sound right? That's how I've been Sirsha. saying it. Yeah. I feel insecure Perfect. about it. And I misled you. Yeah. And you did. Because I thought rhymed with inertia. Well, yeah, that's what that's I say to, to every people. But yeah, Sirsha, yeah. like Sirsha. Sirsha. That's what I say. Irish people pronounce it Sirsha. I'm a little more confused now. So am I. I get very confused about my name all the time. Sometimes I look at it when I'm writing it down for people and I go, it's actually a ridiculous spelling of a name. Like, it's so stupid. <laughs> um, but no, sir, like S E R S H A is kind of how I describe it. Sersha rhymes with inertia. That's how I always remember it now. You can see her in the Oscar nominated Brooklyn. It's on screens right now. Now, I hosted the Canadian premiere of Mad Max Fury Road, one of the few times I actually got up off my ass and walked out of the House of Krauss and went to uh, a theater. Well worth it. Loved this movie, so much fun, but really loved talking to George Miller. Now, by the time this House of Krauss interview was recorded, it was late into the day. We had started off the morning with an early morning television interview and then took seven or eight hours off, or I took seven or eight hours off. He did interview after interview after interview after interview, and then we got together for another talk before we went to the theater to introduce the film. And he was tired, but I'll tell you, even tired, he's a match for anyone. So smart, so interesting, and a guy who really is very thoughtful about the work that he does. And at 70 years old, he's made the most exciting action movie I've seen for a very long time, and he's being rewarded for that work, for the years of perseverance it took to get the fourth Mad Max movie made with 10 Academy Award nominations. Cross your fingers to see, depending on how much you like the movie or not, I loved it, so I'd like to see him walk away with a handful of awards come February 28th. This was my conversation with George Miller. 
I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the, just the idea of making a dystopian film. The first one made late, you know, mid to late seventies. Uh, by the time Beyond Thunderdome came around, it was mid eighties. Now we jump thirty years later. Um, do you think that there is uh, something to do with sort of the, like the general zeitgeist in the world? <laughs> and that these movies are more popular sometimes than at other times. So in the 70s, there's gas shortages and Vietnam's, well, it's over, I guess. Yeah. But there, the world was in a great deal of turmoil. And we're back, kind of, to that in the now. Same way. Yeah. I, I think there's something in that. I, I, but, but for me, one of the, the motivating things about these movies is that they... All, uh, the, these kind of stories almost predate cinema. I think they, the, they're basically allegories. Uh, by, it, it, it's kind of forward to the past. You go, you go, you know. It all starts next Wednesday when all the bad things we see in the news come to pass at the same time and stuff we never saw coming, and uh, and we 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 go. Uh, it, it, you know, 45, 50 years uh, into that time, the the coastal cities of a continent like Australia have basically been raised to the ground. Great gangs of marauder like locusts, and in the centre of this continent, there's a kind of a new, I guess, human ecology, a new economy, which is goes back to a near medieval dark age where you've got. Um, uh, a, a dominance hierarchy, the Morton Joe, a warlord, sitting above and controlling all the key resources, and um, and so they become in that way allegories in the same way that the Western was, figures of the landscape playing out some morality play, and then, according to the time, unfortunately, there's enough stuff there out in the side case zeitgeist that it, it, it resonates. I yeah. mean, in this movie there are water wars. Uh, um, you know, if you look at history, there have been wars over everything. There's wars, there were, there were tulip wars, there were, there were opium wars, there were cognac wars, believe it or not. There was a thing, there was a thing called the cognac wars, you know, War of the Roses and yeah. goes on and on and on. So we're all, all, that's part of us. Uh, collectively, and uh, and and then you have the modern resonances with that. It's not a deliberately conscious thing. It starts with just trying to find a story, uh, uh, you know, a, a kind of a a device on which to uh, on which to start building the architecture, the foundations of your story, which uh, which you build the architecture of the whole story, and these things kind of seep out of the subtext, if that makes sense. Well, it does. I mean, for me, it's, I mean, it's obviously a chase film. I mean, it's a, it's it's one long action sequence, one long amazing action sequence, or a series of them, I guess. But, but it's a chase, and it's a chase for uh, immortality. Nux is looking for immortality. It's a chase for love in a certain way. It's a chase for freedom. It's a chase for a better world. It's a, you know, it's all those things. And and it's not just simply one person chasing them. They're chasing ideas. They're chasing thoughts. They're chasing... <laughs> You know, yeah. the, the, oh, what could be. That's great you say that. It's true, actually. <laughs> and in a sense, we're all on our own fury road, yeah. uh, the individual collectively. 
that's 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 great. They they are they're chasing for for all those things mm. and 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 but you see that uh, there's a sense of repetition of of, of human human uh, of human history. Interestingly enough, uh, this was written in 1999, uh, and 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 the and the Nux and the War Boys chasing immortality through glorious death in battle were based on more on the on on, on the Kamikaze, uh, uh, you, you know, dying gloriously in battle right. and, and and ascending to some warrior paradise, um, and not so much with contemporary, you know, jihadist things like that. And if you look at history, it's always been thus in one way or the other. I had this idea about reviewing movies. You either uh, write the review in 24 hours or you wait 24 years. So you go with your gut or you go with, you know, your, 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 uh, uh, give it some time to marinate, you know. Wow, how interesting. Yeah. Because... Because I don't know what the movie is until after time has yeah. gone by. Well, do yeah. you get anything out of this process? I mean, I, you know, you've got a really jam-packed schedule today. I assume yeah. you did it in another city yesterday and yeah. before that and before, you know, and probably a couple of weeks have it to come up. Um, do you discover things about the movie talking to the press? Hugely. Yeah. If it's, if, if particularly if it's like this. Yeah. I mean, I'm very tired now because yeah. I'm, I'm Australian tired. You don't know where you are. Yeah. yeah. But, but I'm, I'm getting... A huge amount of it. You just told me stuff I never knew, and and it's in that process that you learn about the movie. I mean, you just said things about the movie that have given me insights into what we've just done. I mean, you do it in a kind of a a, a, a kind of a, a frenzy that's out of your instinct more than it is out of you know careful consideration. Right. You don't really have that time and. Uh, and and now you're starting to get to know what what it is, and you know, for me, I always had that. You know, the way I I sort of measure a movie is uh, is based on how long it fo- it it follows me out of the cinema. Right, right. If I forgot it by the time I'm in the car park, it doesn't mean much. But some movies, one seen and not forgotten, and you try to make. You try to make movies that fit into that category. Well, I was telling you earlier today that I remember every theater that I saw a Mad oh, Max that movie. That blew me in. away. Yeah, and because, well, because without going to think, I remember one one day where where it it, it um, where I was absolutely convinced that I had to try to make movies, and that's one day where I saw Robert Altman's Mash. For the first time, I remember exactly the moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the only, and, and it was the first time in my life when I went straight back into the cinema, came out again. Yeah. Uh, I could picture the cinema. I could picture the poster. <laughs> yeah. And then I walked down the street, um, in a kind of daze, and I, I had to see another movie, and it happened to be. Battle for Algiers. Oh wow! Wow! So could you imagine those two movies <laughs> on one day? And, uh, and I remember the theatre. I remember the day. A long time ago now. Well, you were a doctor then, right? Yeah, I was. Yeah. A, I was. I was, uh, were you I was a medical. Yeah. Or but, but back back then, when that happened, I was just close to my final year in medicine. Yeah. But I I I I worked for two and a half years in a big city hospital, and then I stayed registered right up past. Uh, 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 
Mad Max Two Road Warrior. Really? Yeah. Just because, in case it all fell apart or something. Or? Well, it was, I never even thought there would be a career, and right. I, I always was still interested in medicine. I went to a medical school with my twin brother, yeah. and uh, we, uh, but 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 it, I. Well, I stayed a doctor on the first Mad Max because we kept running out of money in post-production. So uh, it was, uh, we were working, and it took it over a year to cut that film. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then I stayed through to the second Mad Max because if you're doing stunts, it was, you had to have, uh, it was, you're obliged to have a doctor on set. So, so, you know, there weren't big budgets, and I thought I could do that, and then... I was running, ended up running a clinic during lunchtime and, uh, with, you know, cuts and sunburn yeah, and stuff like that, and scrapes and things. And, and then as time went on, I realised from my twin brother that, uh, you know, I kept losing the knowledge and, uh, and not keeping up with it. And then, you know, and you can't do both. Yeah. So. Well, I think I see uh, a line, though, between your former career and the movies, I, I see in the film, or maybe an interest in anatomy, certainly. Yeah. You know, Furiosa has one arm. There are people who are deformed in the movie. There's all sorts of uh, interesting physiology in the film. And I was wondering, when I was watching it, having known that you were a doctor, if that is something that is a, a, a straight line. I'm, I'm uh, very, very much aware of it. I mean, to, uh, of that, you want something to be authentic. Yeah. Uh, you want to feel as though it's really there. So, um, uh, but you know, people uh, would ask, "Well, I don't think I'd be the filmmaker I am uh, unless I had that that, that medical education." Right. Um, and 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 in a very direct way, well. Uh, in two very direct ways. One, uh, both of them have a lot of problem solving yeah. in that. Yeah. But the most important one is that as a doctor, you're looking uh, at people in extremis from many points of view. Right. So you might look at, you know, uh, as an epidemiologist, at the broader issues. I've been assisting as a junior doctor in, in, in neurosurgery where you're touching the brain of someone you've just had a conversation with probably two or three hours before. Uh, you look inside of people. Um, you see people uh, in, during birth, childbirth yeah. and death and, you know, and, and so on. So you're shifting and, and you know, through, through microscopes, right. through a lens, yeah. a, a lens. Yeah. And so you, you're looking uh, through many, many points of view. It's exactly what you do in cinema. Yeah. You, you, you big, huge, long, wide shots, massive crowds, <laughs> or you're looking right down into someone's, uh, uh, um, you know, brain in someone's yeah. head. Even in this movie, you kind of get inside Max's head. He has a sudden yeah. dream. He wakes up, and he's, you know, you you, you you see things like that. So that's that that's only recently an awareness that I have. But I'm, and, and, and so there's a that's fascination with. Who we are, which is, it, it, which I think all storytellers or every human being is interested in. But I, I was privileged with 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 a unique uh, point of view being a doctor. Well, th this film, for me, is what well, we just had so much fun. Like first off, we just had so much fun at it. That's just, yeah. I mean, it's just yeah. so much fun. 
But the thing, in, in, in retrospect, thinking about it, it is an action scene. It's a long action, one just with that relentless pedal to the metal. Loved all that. But there, there's no loss of character. You, you learn what you need to know about these characters yeah. early on. You learn about Nux and with his, I live, I die, I live again. All those, like, there's not a huge amount of dialogue and there's very little, as far as I can remember, very little exposition. But in each line seems perfectly chosen or carefully chosen to tell us what we need to know to make us understand the character. That's, yeah, that's what you try to do. Yeah. To, uh, Bernard Herman had that wonderful say, uh, uh, that, that cinema is a mosaic art right. and it's all the bits and pieces and how you, you do it as is music yeah. and and the, the that, that that causal relationship one shot to the next just like one note has to fit uh, to, to the next uh, so cumulatively you get an experience uh, you hope to give an audience an experience is, is exactly what you try. And that's one of the difficulties in the editing of how to, when to give that information, when do people need to know certain things. Um, we, do, you know, we, we don't keep notes, and you, you might, but yeah. most people don't keep notes during a movie, right. and so I better remember that too. When, when you, when you give, give information, you've got to make sure you, 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 it comes at a moment when it has some sort of uh, emotional ex- experiential meaning to the to the to the audience well I think so and, and you know this film last week I, I was pretty rough on the Avengers movie because it's 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 all action again but I didn't care about the action and I didn't really particularly care about the the, the characters in a lot of ways and for me though uh, the difference here is that um, there are there, there's a lot of peaks but and there are just enough little valleys all the way along, so that even though I describe it as one long action chase thing, it doesn't feel like it. Well, it feels like it, but it feels like you're still getting sort of emotionally satisfied along the way. Oh, good. As well as not just having your eyeballs dance, you know. Oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so happy you say that. I mean, you know, it's, it's that old thing that uh, character is action. So yeah. You better learn something from every every uh, you know when Max and Furiosa meet. Yeah. Uh, uh, it it could have been a, a conversation, except they're two warriors yeah. whose whose survival depends on one killing the other. At least Furiosa wants to kill her. Yeah. Max doesn't have to kill her; he just has to get the get the sentence yeah, and get yeah. past her. Yeah. Um, the the names in the movie uh, and for, for all of the movies for all of them have always kind of blown my mind but I think uh, Imperator Furiosa is possibly the greatest character uh, name of a character uh, 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 certainly this year maybe for the last uh, few where do they come from? Well like like all the cars and all the objects yeah. and every bit of costume they're found objects yeah. repurposed so Furiosa, you want to describe the character, which it's Furio, Furio. Imperator is the old Roman term, yeah. for, uh, so you mix that together. Uh, Nux at one time, and can't quite hear it very well, but instead of saying I should be feasting with the immortal, with right. the hero, he says McFeasting, which is a corruption of <laughs> yeah. this. Uh, he, you know, he talks about shiny and chrome because there's a kind of uh, almost a a semi-religious quality to vehicles and yeah. steering wheels and 
anything that survived the apocalypse and gets repurposed, old, old, more robust technology, simpler technology. You know, there's no microprocessors and, and, and computers in the cars. There's no crumpled technology. It, they're all stiff-bodied, and so they're muscle cars and rat rods and, and so on. So they get, we're going back all the way to the 30s yeah. because they're easy to fix. And they, therefore they talk about shiny and chrome as yeah. being perfectly as the thing, even the makeup, you know. Yeah. He's got an en engine an engine sort of scarified into his his body. So... Um, all of that, it's, it's, um, it, it, everything is found objects repurposed. Uh, they even use the word Valhalla because yeah. it's, a, you know, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Scandinavian Viking warrior paradise. Uh, but they talk about uh, riding eternal on the highways of Valhalla. So yeah. it's, kind of, it's, it, you know, it's, it's, it's found objects uh, repurposed. Uh, that's where the language comes from. And that's a fun thing to do as well. It, 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 you know. Thank you, Richard. Well, thank you. But I, yeah. I, 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 I will tell you, uh, it's in these conversations that I, I, I learn a hell of a lot. I really do. If, if it's the usual um, thing, uh, you know, and you keep asking the same question, then it gets a bit tiring. But uh, uh, you've informed me a lot about what we've done. <laughs> we'll get it's a little bit like it's a little bit like you you play a football game right. and then some some commentator or a coach or someone tells you, oh, did you know you did this, this, yeah. and this, and this? <laughs> it's like... I loved talking with George Miller. So smart, so interesting, and a really engaging conversationalist. He really wanted to chat, even though he was very tired. But that's it. That's all there is. I'm tired now. The House of Krauss is closed for this week. Uh, thanks to Saoirse Ronan. Thanks to George Miller. Uh, and, you know, thank them for their films as well. Brooklyn, Mad Max, Fury Road. But most of all, thanks to you for coming by every week. We put a new show up every Monday, so be sure to swing by because you never know who's going to come by for a visit.